0: Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, Drew, it's been a little while since we've jumped on the mics, and I think we've both been busy in that time frame. I know you've been traveling, I've been traveling, I'm sure we've both been uh, busy with our day jobs, which um, unfortunately is not mock trial, Uh, but it's good to be back on the mics getting caught up and going through the first couple weeks of regionals. Before we get to that, though... Figure we should uh, check in, see how things have been going. So, since we last talked, since uh, 2020 rolled around, how have things been for you? Uh, pretty good. Can't complain too much. Uh, sadly, I have not
1: gotten to go to quite as many AMPTA tournaments as I would have liked uh, throughout this January and, and early winter season. Um, but uh, I've spent most of my time really working with the high school team that I coach. Uh, I'm really proud of them. I'll give them a brief, brief shout out. They just made it uh, to the state tournament for their first ever year existing. Um, So I'm really, really proud of them. They did a great job. I tried to definitely incorporate a lot of uh, what I've learned from AMTA into it. And I think that it uh, hopefully seems to have paid off for them. So I'm really proud of them. Uh, I'm looking forward to going to regionals next week and watching uh, both Havford and UMBC in DC. Uh, But other than that, I haven't been doing a ton with the Amta circuit uh, i know ben you have done a lot more so i will let you take over uh tell me about great chicago fire
0: that must have been fun great chicago fire was a lot of fun uh we have been all over the place since we last talked uh this is actually my first weekend at home really since the beginning of 2020 because that the last two weekends in january my, my a team was at cubate uh columbia did an awesome job running the, the their tournament this year in january uh, had a lovely snowy weekend in New York City uh, at Brooklyn Law School which is a fantastic facility uh and then uh two weekends ago my A team uh w- with me was at Great Chicago Fire B was at Hilltop hosted by Georgetown C was at Blue Jay hosted by Johns Hopkins um Chicago Fire was a lot of fun uh we did have a a bit of a challenging travel day we took off from Baltimore we shared a flight with Patrick Henry um and uh we landed in Grand Rapids and then we tried to get in Chicago again, and then we went back to Grand Rapids. And finally, the third time we tried to land in Chicago, we did finally uh, get there. Uh, but Chicago did an awesome job, I think. I know they're not the hosts of Nationals, but we got to compete at the Daily Center, which is where Nationals is going to be. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Uh, courtrooms are great. Uh, No, no shot at you, Drew. But the elevators work really well, Um, so it, it's. I think it's going to be right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I know it wasn't your fault. I know you guys had nothing to do with it. But uh, Chicago Fire was just a lot of fun. We got to see some really fantastic teams, and I'll, I'll say this one thing: for a long time now, I've wanted to see closing arguments between uh, Sydney Gaskins and Regina Campbell and round four. Uh, We were four and two, and so was Chicago A, and we hit each other, and obviously Regina and Sydney closed against each other, and it was about as much fun as I think I've had in mock trial in a while. I just closed my computer, put down my notepad, and just watched, you know, and I think basically everyone in the room is doing that too, is these two sort of, I don't know what the best word is. I'm talking about one of my own advocates, so I think just these two supremely talented women just, you know, sort of battling each other in in the most respectful and awesome way uh two people who you know i don't know this for sure about regina but but i can say for sydney we'll be back at trial by combat i'm willing to bet probably both of them will be so we had a great time at chicago fire uh and then last weekend i was repping in orlando and had a lot of fun too so it has been a very very hectic stretch like you said we're in dc next weekend but honestly you know me when i'm on the road traveling to these tournaments i'm happy so it's it's been great
1: Well, it's good to hear. I I will quickly just say that I feel like the elevator situation this year at Black Squirrel was much better than it was two years ago. So hopefully (laughs) we're improving over time. Um, But uh, no, absolutely. I mean, Chicago Fire sounded like it must have been a really, really good time. And as you said, it's the site that Nationals is going to be, obviously, was a very uh, similarly strong field. Um, So I'm very jealous that you got to go and much more jealous that you got to witness a uh, heads-up battle between Sydney and Regina. That sounds like it must have been a lot of fun. Uh, I feel like a lot of people have probably experienced what you're talking about, Ben, where they do this kind of jam-packed January where you're just going tournament, 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 trying to get ready for regionals, do as much as you possibly can. In those weeks you have off, you're scrimmaging someone, you're doing something. Uh, So hopefully, you know, this lead-up is kind of that really compressed, stressful time. And once you finish regionals, hopefully you can Relax just long enough before orcs course uh, case changes come out. Um, But we do have two weeks uh, in the hole so far that I think we can begin to discuss so far. Uh, ben, you were one of the reps at Orlando, so why don't you start us off down there?
0: That sounds good, and, and I think uh, a quick caveat, we're recording this on uh, Sunday evening, but we're recording it a little bit earlier in the evening, uh, and we don't have, we're going to go through the week one and week two results, but we do not yet have the results for San Diego and Seattle, because obviously they're three hours behind us. Uh, for some reason, they managed to come in at the end of our recording, we'll we'll toss them in there, but otherwise we'll include them in our week three and four episode. Uh, so, starting in Orlando, I uh, had a great time with uh, Angela Miner, the uh, head coach of of howard 's program. Uh, we had a really, really fun time down in Orlando. Uh, I, no like shot at any of the other week one regional sites, you know no shot at uh, Norman, Oklahoma, or anything like that, but uh, being in orlando wasn 't the worst thing in the world. Uh, those of you who follow <laughs> me on Instagram know that I went a day early and I did star wars galaxy galaxy 's Edge at uh, Walt Disney World. Uh, which you know was not the worst thing in the world to uh get to do before repping so you know i figured with three consecutive weekends of travel i could take one day uh, for myself uh sounds fair, sounds fair. it was great to be in orlando uh ucf runs just a great tournament they had four judge panels for most of day one like that's unheard of so that was pretty spectacular um in terms of results, we'll go down the list here. Florida C got the first bid with seven wins, a 17 CS. Then you had uh, the Gamecocks of South Carolina, a South Carolina A, seven wins, a 15 and a half CS. You had Georgia Tech D with six wins and a 20 CS. Florida A, six wins and a 19 CS. Florida State A with six wins and a 15 CS. And then wrapping it up with Georgia Tech C with five and a half wins, uh, to roll out those six. Uh, notables here. Uh, Florida International, their A team went four and four and did not get a bid. They lost two very narrow ballots to Georgia Tech D in round three. Um, and uh, their B team, I think, went five and three, so they're on the open bid list and have a shot to keep going. But that was one of the more surprising results there. Um, I think that's about everything I can think of off the top of my head. Obviously, Georgia Tech's been great. But I feel like for the last couple of years, Sarah Stevens has got a lot of the attention. But clearly, whatever, you know, Mr. Warhey is putting in the water down there is working for them to get, you know, their C and D teams out of a tough southern regional. Uh, I was very impressed to see that. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. Uh, I did want to note uh, De Montfort University. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe this was the school that is from uh, the UK and is the first correct. Uh, non-United States uh Collegiate team, um, there for showing, uh, probably not quite as good as they were hoping at a one five and two, um, but I think it's really cool that we're stretching to those international uh, pools of students, and hopefully we can continue to do that. I, I definitely agree, Ben. I think that the fact that Florida International didn't make it is a touch surprising. I think that you know the fact that Georgia Tech is getting two teams through when it's their C and D is certainly impressive and starting to put Georgia Tech in that category of teams where. You have to be scared when you're facing even their C or D team. Uh, I do want to shout out South Carolina. I mentioned them before when I uh, saw them at Yale. I think South Carolina is really, really strong. They're really good. Them making it to Nationals last year was not a fluke. They are a team that I expect will be back there. I hope I'm not jinxing them. But I really think that they're a strong team. And uh, this regional certainly shows uh, that I'm hopefully not alone in that belief. Uh, But they certainly had a really strong performance no surprises to see Florida with a, with a strong performance. Uh, They're just one of those programs that, uh, as I cited, you know, whether you're playing their C or their D team, you should always be a little worried. They're just very, very deep. Um, but yeah, other than this, I think that, uh, like you said, it's mostly just a return to what we would have expected for for Orlando.
0: Yeah. And in uh, one quick thought on on that, just talking about, you know, not, I'm not, you know, the sports illustrated jinx, I'm going to go with the reverse of that. And I'm going to say the, uh, the mock review <laughs> boost because not that she needed it, but Gabby Pinson went nineteen nineteen as an attorney, which is pretty spectacular. Uh so congratulations to her. We don't spend as much time sometimes on individual results just because it's hard to sort of narrow narrow them all down, but you know, at any regional to go nineteen nineteen and there were no twenty rank attorneys at the tournament. Uh so I, I noticed that and was very impressed, unsurprisingly, by by Gabby, who's a fantastic attorney. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Well, moving on to the opposite coast, we have the Claremont Regional. Uh, Claremont had a total of six bids, starting with University of California Santa Barbara A, with seven wins and a CS of 15.5, and I have to go this far, but an OCS of 76. Uh, Arizona State E, with seven wins, a CS of 15.5, and an OCS of just 71. Uh, Then Pomona A, with six wins and a CS of 19. UCLA D with six wins and a CS of 15. Cal Poly Slow D with six wins and a CS of 15. Oh, sorry, I need to do OCS there. 62.5 for Slow and 71 OCS for UCLA D. And finally, UCLA A with five and a half wins. Uh, I think that this one, uh, as you heard, there were a lot of D's and E's mentioned there, uh, which is always a little bit surprising. Um, I think ASUE with seven wins. I don't know many people who had money on that, um, but certainly it should be really, really awesome for Arizona State. I mean, anytime you get an E team through, it should be noteworthy, and getting them through with seven wins is certainly something to be proud of. Uh, hopefully the A through D teams from Arizona State will be able to – or I think that their D team actually was also there and did not make it out, but their A through C team hopefully will be able to replicate some of those results. Um yeah, other than that, I mean, Cal Poly Slow also getting their D-team through, uh, really awesome for them. Obviously, that's a great result for a D-team to have. I think that Slow is one of those interesting programs where their A-team made it to Nationals, I want to say, three years ago, maybe four. And they kind of dropped off for a couple of years. So maybe this is them making their comeback. Uh, I think really time will tell, hopefully. Uh, but other than that, I mean, UCLA a obviously got two teams through. Not surprising there. I think that they definitely had a bit closer of a call than they wanted to um, after dropping their first couple to UCL, uh, University of California, Santa Barbara. I apologize. Um, And I think that Santa Barbara is looking like they're going to be a top dog on the West Coast. I mean, taking two off UCLA A um, is certainly something they should be pleased with. And uh, coming in first in this regional, uh, they're looking poised to make it back to nationals for sure.
0: Yeah. Um one i don't know correction is the right word but one thought so arizona state e and f were at this tournament Ah, because sure why not like i haven't heard these many this many d's e's and f's since my high school transcript but uh like that's the notion of fielding an f team in and of itself just makes it harder for me to sleep at night let alone you know getting an e team through that's that's just pretty incredible uh, and then i agree with everything you were saying about santa barbara you know i know like kind of fluky results can happen sometimes but I-, I don't care if it's the flukiest result in the world if you take two and they weren't plus one plus one they were plus eight plus eight off of uh uclaa like that's that's an accomplishment no matter what you know so that like that speaks to their strength um besides that like i <laughs> i don't have a whole lot that i know about this side of the coast you know i i just don't have a whole lot of frame of reference for what to expect i mean i gotta think ucla you know i mean their d team gets through comfortably their a team gets through like certainly don't sit here and think that ucla are like oh they you know don't worry about ucla like they're gonna be in the mix at the end like they always are but it certainly is a bit surprising to see ucla a oh and two after round one of regionals i can't imagine that's a common sight
1: no I, i i agree and like i said i think that uh Hopefully it means that Santa Barbara is emerging as someone to be a competitor with UCLA on the West Coast. Um, I think that it should hopefully make that orcs a little interesting. And, and maybe we'll get to see that rematch hopefully and see if UCLA can uh, write what happened or maybe Santa Barbara can prove that it was, in fact, the right result.
0: So we take a look we so we've gone from the East Coast to the West Coast so we can move our way to the heartland for our third and final uh, regional of uh, the uh, first weekend. And that was Norman, Oklahoma, wrapped uh, by the good folks from Miami University, Neil and Ben. Uh, so this was a baby regional. This was a little tiny regional uh, which only had four bids uh, and those four bids. In order, went to Rice University B with seven wins and a nineteen and a half CS, Oklahoma A with seven wins and an eighteen CS, some school named Rhodes College C team with seven wins and a fourteen and a half CS, and then Hendricks College with a five five wins and a twenty point five CS, narrowly edging out the University of Central Missouri with five wins and a twenty CS, which shows you how tight it is getting uh, at these. Um, I don't know a lot about all of these teams, and I don't know at a four bid regional quite what reactions I have. Um, You know, Rhodes C got a bid. That's, I guess, not overly shocking because they're Rhodes. Um, Rice, I think B and C. I think we're going to talk about Rice C later on, and I think Rice B and C got through. So that's, you know, uh, impressive for them to pull that off. Uh, and Oklahoma seems to be doing well. But beyond that, honestly, I just... I don't know a whole lot about this region. If I'm being completely candid with you and particularly with four bids, I'm not really sure I, there's really anything else that stood out to me from this tab summary.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a really, really small regional. Uh, I, I agree with you, Ben, when you're only having four bids from a regional, you kind of start asking yourself, you know, what's going on. Uh, I definitely think that you're right to mention rice. I think that going seven and one as a B team, uh, that's awesome for them. They should be really pleased. We'll get to their C team as well later. Um, you know, I, I think it's kind of strange to ever be surprised that a D team doesn't make it out, but I think that Rhodes is one of the few where I, I think that I have um some validity to saying that I'm surprised that Rhodes D didn't make it out of here. I think that this is just a a really Competitive program roads and and whenever they don't have a team get through, it's a little surprising. Um, I will say, I think that uh, University of Texas Dallas seemed like they had a really really awful schedule, um, pulling both roads and pulling uh, pulling uh, Texas Austin. Um, Texas Austin, I think, is is definitely a, a surprising one to not make it out. I. I I apologize, I should have researched this beforehand, but I think that they had just recently won uh, a pretty notable invite. U-Classic, right? U-Classic, wasn't it? Yeah. Am I crazy for thinking that? Okay, so they had just won U-Classic, and for Texas-Austin not to make it out, I mean, it's certainly surprising, um, but for Texas-Dallas to face both roads and UT-Austin, um, about as tough as your schedule is going to at least seem on paper. uh to be. So that's certainly unfortunate for them. And the fact that that was only a 14 and a half CS, uh, is certainly surprising in my
0: mind, at least also quick, quick, uh, side note, I'm looking this up here. Uh, it was roads B that got through. Uh, so it was 1,007, which is, uh, roads B and 1,009 roads D. So it wasn't road. We, I think we were saying road C earlier, but it was actually roads B that got the bit out of here. Wonderful. Uh, the,
1: I appreciate the clarification. I, we will try our best to be right about this stuff, folks, but uh, we are certainly not perfect. Um, but uh, getting back to it, I, I agree. I think that this was such a small regional, it's tough to kind of glean too much information. But I think surprising about Texas-Austin, surprising about Rhodes-D. And uh, congrats certainly to to Rice-B. I think that it's interesting, Rice-B and in Oklahoma-A that took those first two spots. Their one losses were to each other in that first round. Uh, so certainly they seem to both have had very, very strong results and uh, we'll hopefully see what happens as uh, they grow into a slightly larger tournament when they go to orcs. But uh, four bids from an 18-team tour- tournament. Uh, certain on the smaller side, we're not really used to that, but uh, I guess that's how the cookie crumbles when you only have two orcs on the East Coast, and I promise this is the only time I'll mention it, but man, that just doesn't make sense.
0: I don't believe you. I think it's going to come up again. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know I will.
1: Well, they have four. They have four in the Midwest. So of course, they have like these small regionals. Like yeah. I just
0: you're preaching to the uh, choir here. You know, like you I know, know, I, know I, I know. I'm sitting between like D.C. and Virginia and like all of these friggin places. Like I, I couldn't be more. I think there should be five orcs on the East Coast. Like oh, of course,
1: if you did it based on power, that's how it would be. But I, I think that like. My, my honest to God biggest problem with this is that the way they have it set up right now is that you're going to be forced to send a bunch of power teams that get open bids on the East Coast to the Midwest to balance out those tournaments. And because those are the tournaments that have all the open bids, I'm telling you right now, we all, just from Norman alone, you already have three open bids that were created in Memphis. You know that they're going to get more than that. I mean I, I just – I foresee a situation in which we have eight or, or nine open bids to some of these Midwest tournaments and most of the teams that are on that open bid list are going to end up coming from the East Coast and I just I I think that it's not fair to make those teams fly out uh to Memphis to wherever to get to these orcs when you could just have a third one on the East Coast like we've had in past years. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time we've had two works on the East Coast. I feel like it's always been Islip, um, you know, a Chestnut Hill, and then a Lancaster. And uh, you know, why why did we go down to two when we've added more teams? Will be a mystery that I do not have an answer to.
0: Uh, my, I guess my one thought on that, and then our next one is Buffalo, so we can stay with this theme. But but my, it it look we've talked about this extensively, but there is. A broad discussion to be had about how this stuff is set up and how like we talked about on the last episode that like last year we had nine orcs and way more teams than than ever before got to go. And this year we are seeing and we're going to talk about it extensively in our in our week two stuff, which we're about to get to several teams, good teams with six wins who are not getting out of regionals. Mm -hmm. And there was all this consternation last year about six bid teams not getting out of orcs. Uh, and getting to go to nationals. And now we're seeing six bid teams not getting out of regionals. And yeah, they'll they'll get open bids, but who knows, you know, where the hell in the country they're gonna have to go. Uh so and and that's not it's not a shot at TAC. It's not a shot at at Amta. It's just like, hey, let's take the data and see like what happens and see if maybe this tells us something and also I don't even want to think about Lancaster. Let's just save that for another episode. But I think we're getting to week two. So, Drew, if you want to jump in and do Buffalo, I'm all for it.
1: Yes. All right. So getting on to Buffalo, staying on the Midwest, uh, we start out with Hamilton B with eight wins. Wesley and A followed them with seven and a half wins. Uh, Then Hamilton A with six and a half wins and a CS of 18. St. Bonaventure A with six and a half wins and a CS of 16. And sunY uh Geneseo I know I'm mispronouncing that but with six and a half wins and a cs of fifteen and a half um yeah I, I think that this uh this regional with just five bids from it um a lot of this is due to the fact that Cornell uh just recently left um uh, just recently sorry uh decided that they were no longer going to compete at regionals this year. Um, Obviously a huge, massive blow to the power uh, in this region. Um, I think that to a certain extent, when you have that lapse of power, um, there sometimes would be concern that, oh, is this going to allow in teams that don't necessarily deserve to be there? I think that these five probably do. Um, uh, I think Wesleyan and Hamilton both have – Obviously, very impressive records. And it should be noted that Hamilton, uh, the losses that they have are are only to each other. I think that they were pretty clearly uh, in a strata above some of the other teams there, Um, which is, I think, to a certain extent, what you would expect once Cornell leaves. But I think to a certain extent, it's about what we would have expected from this tournament. Um, I wasn't surprised by many of these results uh ben i don't know if you saw anything unusual also oh wait one thing that i do want to correct um wesleyan had seven did i say wesleyan had seven and a half right i say wesleyan seven i feel like i said seven but they have seven and a half i misspoke earlier
0: yeah so i think there was nothing too shocking uh the the loss of cornell a and b from this regional basically changed i mean when i first i remember i did like the the you know the google doc with like all of the regionals in our area that feed to lancaster and because i you know hate my life and wanted to be more miserable and uh i remember seeing this regional initially and it was like you're you're not alone don't worry (laughs) i know i mean people listening to this podcast get what i was there if you're listening to this podcast you at least share some of that uh uh dna with drew and i but um (laughs) so i remember looking at this regional initially and i was just like oh my god Like cornell a and b and then wesleyan a was the only one in our area with three returning nationals teams and i was like oh well i'm i'm not upset to be going to dc like i'm fine with you know where we're at uh and then obviously cornell has had some challenges as a program and and they have withdrawn from regionals this year and it just drastically changes and i don't think it's a shot at either st bonaventure or suny geneseo to say that those teams would have had a much 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 tougher time getting out if this regional had stayed the way that it was it also presumably i think would have still had six bids. uh so it's interesting. You know, I assume that this regional probably would have looked a little bit differently if uh, you know, Desky and Crew had known off the, the bat that uh Cornell A and B were not gonna end up competing there. Uh but I will be I'll note this here. I will be very interested to see and and hopefully, you know, I I don't think most Amta folks listen to this anyways, but even if they do, hopefully I don't give them a terrible idea, but I'm guessing that this will probably mean someone gets moved to Lancaster from one of the other orcs because Uh, Cornell A and B were presumably at least Cornell A were assumed in determining the power at Lancaster versus the power at Princeton and Cincinnati. And so I'm guessing that could mean some uh, shuffling around, but aside from that, yeah, Hamilton and Wesley and clearly the two strongest programs here. Nothing too shocking beyond that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I expect that the way that they'll adjust for Lancaster is just by pulling off the open bid list. Um, I, I hope that they understand and can look at Lancaster and say, oh, even without Cornell, it still sucks. But um, I expect that you're probably right, Ben. They're probably going to pull in someone that's on the open bid list that maybe shouldn't or or that is just someone that we still know is going to be strong. We will be getting it to a few of them that have already come up. Um, but I'm sure that there will be a couple of those teams that will get shuffled over to Lancaster because Ampta hates the East Coast. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think that's about it for Buffalo for me.
0: All right. Well, let's move to our next regional. We're going to go back to the Midwest, to Illinois. We're going to go to Evanston, and we're going to take a look at that regional. It had six bids uh, in order. You had Michigan A with eight wins, 15 CS. Michigan B with seven wins and a 16 CS. The University of Illinois Chicago with six and a half wins and a 14 CS. Notre Dame B, six wins and a 17 CS. Northern Illinois A, six wins and a 16 CS. And then North Central with six wins and a 15 and a half CS. Uh, and the big shocker here is an easy one to follow, easy one to figure out. And that is Northwood University. Uh, you know, not too long ago, uh, uh, Amta national champion about 10 years ago, a perennial strong team, uh, which uh, just missed out with six wins and a 15 CS. Uh, they had a very strong weekend, but they come in and they draw Michigan A and they drop it uh, looks like a minus 12, a minus two. So you got that one ballot. That's basically a coin flip. Um, and then, I mean, you look at the strength, right? They, they drop the first round minus 12, minus two. And then when they win their next round, plus 36, plus 52. Uh, so that's the nature of sort of those initial round pairings. Chris Grant, in, back for sort of a, a swan song season, goes 19-18 on his attorney awards. Um, so, I, I mean... That's, I think, the main thing that stands out to me here is is Northwood not getting through. I mean, they'll easily get an open bid. Presumably, they'll get to go to the same works that they were normally going to because there's open bids being created out there. But it's still pretty shocking to see six wins in a 15 CS not be good enough to get you out of regionals.
1: No, I I totally agree. And uh, as I just said, I hope that uh, you're right, Ben. I hope that this means Northwood goes to Geneva or to Memphis or somewhere else in the Midwest um, where it's nice and at least decently close, hopefully, for them if it's Geneva. Um, and please don't send them to Lancaster. I don't think that that's necessary. I don't think that they need to go there. Um, I think that they'll be fine where they are. Um, I did want to bring up, uh, you mentioned Chris Grant. Uh, this is his, he, He's coming back now. Uh, my understanding, I, I, he's a great guy. I've met him in person a few times. I absolutely adore Chris Grant. He's a f- great competitor to go in, against. I do not believe he was competing throughout the fall semester. Um, I do not really know any details on why and I could be completely wrong about that but I know he did not show up in any of the tabs he when Northwood was at tournaments I do not I have not heard that he was there um so it looks like he he came back obviously is still the great Chris Grant that we know and love and did as Ben just said very very well um but uh Northwood obviously not getting the result that they wanted and going back to what you said Ben it it is really to a certain extent upsetting to me to see that you know they have a a horrible first round pairing um where they have to go against University of Michigan and the fact that they dropped that and then i mean they pretty much annihilated the rest of the teams they went against i mean again you have to keep in mind that when you drop those first two, you're then kind of shuffled into this bracket of playing the low teams where you're facing another 0 team in the second round. The third round, you're facing a 2-2 two and two or similar. Um, and then that fourth round, as you are, if you're uh, in Northwood's case and you're 4-2, and two, you're getting some sort of power protection. So it, albeit maybe, is a, a slightly easier schedule. We say it a bunch, you can only beat the teams that you are put up against and they did that. I mean, it, with the exception of their first round, they beat everyone they played. And the fact that that's not good enough kind of sucks. I mean, they have a point differential of 124. I don't know many teams that have a point differential of 124 that that do not get a bid. Um, that just does not seem right. Uh, but all right, additionally, we have uh, Michigan A and B both coming in top two spots at that regional. I think that that surprised a grand total of no one there. Um, also Notre Dame B coming in with six wins. I, I feel like Notre Dame B has been kind of getting a lot of traction lately and, and kind of steadily improving, so it's good to see them doing well. But other than that, I don't think this was a terribly surprising regional. Um, nothing much else that I had of note. Uh, ben, do you have anything else you wanted to add? If not, we can move on to Houston.
0: Yeah, I think you pretty much covered everything. It was good to see Northern Illinois back at Orcs with uh uh six wins, then that stood out to me. Uh but other than that, uh, I think, you know, that's about everything I saw. Cool.
1: All right, moving on to Houston. Uh Houston had just five bids, uh starting with Baylor A with eight wins, and Saint Thomas uh from Texas, we should specify, with seven wins. Louisiana Monroe with six and a half wins. Uh, Louisiana State University with six wins, and Rice C with six wins. Uh, Both LSU and Rice both had a CS of 14.5, and and that tiebreaker came down to uh, their OCS. Wait, that is not right. Sorry, Louisiana State University had a CS of 16, Rice had a CS of 14.5, and Uh, Anyway, I think that definitely Rice getting their C team through, and it should be noted, their A team was also there uh, and did not manage to get out, but the B and C team picking up the slack for Rice. uh, Love to see fellow smaller schools uh, with some really, really awesome success, especially them being such a new program. Awesome, awesome to see from Rice. Uh, Baylor, eight wins. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I think most people expected out of Houston. Um, Ben, I'll toss it over to you, though, if you saw anything else.
0: Uh, Well, I think the main thing here besides that is we had two more six win teams with lower CSs, but we had looks like uh, Millsaps and Louisiana Monroe B Millsaps had six with a two and a half CS. Uh, Louisiana Monroe B had six with a 12 CS. Um, So, I mean, you know, those are lower uh, CSs, but it's still, you know, it's just a little surprising, a little weird to see. You know, teams, I mean, so like Louisiana Monroe B, for example, they came in um, and they drew Baylor A. They dropped two and then just similar to Northwood, they then dominate. They go plus 21, 28, 8, 19, 4, 11. So they were never really in danger of dropping any other ballots. Um, Now, again, with six wins, they'll almost certainly get off the open bid list, even being lower in priority because they'll be the second bid. I mean, they'll be ahead of all the five and a half and five win teams. So it's like, if you're a five and a half or a five, you know, if you're Florida international and you're sitting there really, really hoping that the open bid list gets down to you seeing six bid teams, six win teams, not get a bid, even with a lower CS is, you know, a little surprising and probably a little frustrating, but that was really the only other thing that uh, jumped out to me. Like you said, Baylor going eight. No, you know, Baylor is, is just has really established themselves as a dominant program in that region over the last several years. and I think that was kind of everything that jumped out to me as far as I saw.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's about it. I, the one thing I'll just add is that, to your point, Ben, I think that last year we saw teams with as low as like a four and a half, I feel like I remember, um, record making it through to, uh, to Orcs. And I think that this year, I feel pretty confident in saying that they're going to be multiple five-win teams. And I'm going to go so far to say that they're that are from the first the first from that school that will not make it to Orcs. I do not think that five wins is going to guarantee teams a, a path to Orcs. I just don't think there are enough spots this year. Um, and I think that kind of sucks if I'm being totally honest. I think that that is not awesome. Um, so I hope that uh, that that I'm wrong. I hope that everyone that gets five wins is able to move on to Orcs. But um It's going to be tough this year for sure.
0: One other thing, actually, that I just noticed as I was looking at this tab summary, um, Texas A and M a uh, on the heels of a bid to nationals last year. How did we forget? Did not break from regionals. Um, Yes, they had five wins and a thirteen and a half CS, which candidly is probably not going to be good enough for an open Mm -hmm. bid. Um, They had a tough. They came came in round one. They drew St. Thomas, dropped two narrow ballots. Round two even after dropping two ballots they get Baylor B um there must have been something interesting going on there cuz Baylor B had a plus 11 and a and a tie so they had one and a half wins and they get uh Texas A&M who only had half a win uh or wait no they they were they were they had one win so uh, it was it's interesting whatever was going on there but i mean i'm sure that's got to be tough for Texas A&M coming off of a national's bid Uh, and I know they didn't win a ton of ballots at nationals, but still to get there at all. Uh, and then to, uh, to not get out of regionals in a way that, that very well could mean that their season's over. Um, that's a, that's a tough result and a very surprising result to see. Moving on to Indianapolis. This was a six bid regional, uh, and we'll go down the list starting with, and I know this one is going to shock everyone, but Miami, a, uh, Miami of Ohio, a with eight wins. Then we had Notre Dame. Was this Notre Dame a, as we're getting to, uh, Indianapolis, um, cause I know we already talked about their B team. Um, 11, 13, Notre Dame a yes. Yeah, so Notre Dame a with uh seven wins. Then we had Missouri a with six and a half Miami B with also a six and a half, but Missouri had a 17 and a half CS Miami B had a 12 and a half CS Hillsdale B with five and a half and a 19 CS. And then Quincy a with a five and a half, 16 and a five and a half wins, 16 and a half CS. Um, Again, nothing too overly shocking here. The first team out was Notre Dame C uh, with five wins. So, I mean, they're continuing to have a very strong performance. Uh, And then, I mean, Miami A goes 8-0. I mean, it's like you, (laughs) I'll say this. There's not a lot that can make me blink when I look at these tab summaries. Um, Miami A Mm -hmm. rolled out with an 8-0 and a point differential of 177. And the poor folks at Harris Stowe State University, who I don't know how new they are, but they got what I assume is the mer- the the challenge of I'm guessing at six and oh, Miami was probably in the low bracket. And that might have been the only team in the low bracket because round four, they pulled a plus 62 and a plus 56. Um, and that's pretty rough. <laughs> uh, that's and I'm sure it was a fair result. Miami's an amazing team. They They, you know. Beat up on very 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 good teams, let alone teams that are a little less experienced. But you know, eight no with a plus one hundred and seventy seven point differential is going to stop me on my tr- in my tracks, no matter what name is a you know sitting there on the tab summary.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that whenever you're winning uh, two combined ballots by over a hundred points, something was uh, interesting there. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because it, I think it to a certain extent it comes back to how you judge. I mean, there's so many judges that that refuse to use the full range and prefer to do more of a, you know, everyone starts at an eight, and if you win, you get a nine or something like that. Um, And I think that as a result, sometimes you'll see, in my opinion, more surprising results or closer results than maybe they realistically felt um, being in that room because judges are scoring that way. And you know i will say that i think this is one of those times when maybe using the full range isn't quite as beneficial as as we like to think it would be just because you know it's good to differentiate and say yeah like this team was solidly better but like you know do those kids really need to get after they've already had a tough weekend after they're already 2 and 4 going up against miami you know do they need to see those ballots where they're losing by that much i mean no like that's just not in my opinion productive for anyone um, I don't think that Miami is like sitting home and like, ha like we won by a hundred points. Like yeah. that's what we're proud of this year. Like, I don't think that they feel that way. I, I hope not. Um, I think that there's more to this activity than that. And I guess the only thing I would say is like, you know, if you're, if you're judging and you realize one team is way better than the other, you know, I don't think you need to make sure they win by 50 points to get your message across. I think that, uh. That's sometimes can be a little overkill, but certainly uh, not a fluke. Miami definitely deserves uh, to be going eight and zero through. I mean, they're a solid, solid program, um, and i I can't say that I think any of the other results were, were terribly surprising. You mentioned Notre Dame. Like I said, I, I think they've been doing very well. Um, DePaul had a pretty rough schedule. Um, I guess a little surprising to not see them making it through, but uh, I wouldn't say shocking. Um, other than that, though, I think that this is about. I mean, this was this was the Miami regional. This was the <laughs> Miami and then everyone else regional. So yeah. nothing terribly surprising. All right, we'll go ahead and move on to Richmond. Uh, so the Richmond regional had a total of six bids, starting with Duke A with eight wins, uh, followed by Howard B with six wins, Richmond A with six wins. Uh, sorry, both Howard B and Richmond A had a CS of twenty. Howard B. had an OCS of 70.5, and Richmond A. had an OCS of 63.5. Fourth was Patrick Henry C. with six wins and a CS of 16.5. Duke C. came in with six wins and a CS of 14.5, and Howard A. came in with six wins and a CS of 14.5. Notable, uh, Patrick Henry D. did not make it through. Uh, They also had six wins, um, and they had a CS of 13, uh, slightly lower CS. Um, And again, I mean, this is Patrick Henry D. Uh, You know, Patrick Henry, as we mentioned many times, they're just one of those really deep, really impressive programs. Uh, But I think that just the, the mere fact, whenever you have six teams that have six wins, um, it speaks a lot to the the level of talent and closeness of the uh, competition at a regional like this. Um, Duke A coming in with eight wins. I, I really think Duke is going to have a strong year. I think Duke is looking really, really good. They've had some strong, strong showings. And Tristan Malhotra, um, uh, I, I remember last year when I, I faced Duke at Gamtee. And I opened against Tristan. And I I had always thought I was an okay opener. I do not think I was a great opener. Tristan is a great opener. He finished the opening. I turned to my team and I said, all right, guys, like, sorry, this is uh, going to be interesting. Um, and the rest of the year, my team was always like, can you be more like him? Like, that would be great. <laughs> um, he is a truly spectacular competitor. I look forward to seeing um, him in his senior year and the leadership that he's going to bring them. Um, Also, just uh, a good friend of mine, Eric Reutman, is is coaching that team, and he's clearly doing a great job with them. Uh, They should be very pleased with the result. And I think it just looks kind of funny when you look at the uh, tab summary and you see the outstanding attorneys, and you see the first three are all from Duke. Um, The first one, Nellie's son, uh, appeared to have been from Duke C, but still, it just always looks fun to have that uh, that accolade to, to... to share So congratulations to Duke. Congratulations, obviously, to Howard and to Patrick Henry, um, all strong showings from all of those programs, as well as Richmond. Um, but I think that this was clearly a, a pretty dominated field by those couple of regional powerhouses.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I agree with everything you said. Duke is going to be very, very good. I think they're definitely a team that's going to improve upon their performance last year. You know, even in the witness category, they were pretty dominant too with several uh, witness awards. Uh, Richmond is a really interesting program for me. You had Akilah, uh from Richmond who got 17, 17 as an attorney. He's an excellent attorney. We've faced him many, many times. Uh, and they're a program, you know, they had like a couple really strong years uh, and then they were down just a little bit and they didn't get through, but I, I would never count them out. I certainly think they're a threat to get through. Um, And I I think the Greenville Orcs is, I mean, just like every, all of the, you know, I know we were moaning about the East Coast Orcs. Really, we mean Northeast Orcs, because obviously you have Greenville and Memphis. But, uh, you know, all of these teams, to send Howard down there, Howard, I mean, they're so good. Uh, We play them all the time, and and they're really spectacular. And I I got a great opportunity when I was repping to, to just get to know Angela Minor from Howard, and we had a good time. So I think, like, just like you said, like tons of great, programs here doing what great programs do, you know, to see Patrick Henry C get out and Patrick Henry D barely miss a bid speaks to the strength of what they do. So nothing shocking here and just a lot of great programs doing what great programs do.
1: Yep. I couldn't agree more.
0: So we've got two more left to cover and we're going to stay on the East coast, but we're going to move up North to state college. Uh, state college was a six bid regional. We start with UVA B with eight wins and a 17 CS UVA a is next with seven wins and a 13 CS. Then you had Penn state D with six wins, 16 and a half CS Juniata a six wins and a 15 CS adding more to my reverse curse argument. Uh, Dickinson a with six wins and a 13 and a half CS. And then Maryland college park B with five wins and a 19 CS Uh, I believe, narrowly edging out their counterparts, Maryland College Park, a with five wins and a 17 CS. Uh, So I think again, here, uh, you're seeing nothing too overly shocking, Uh, obviously, for UVA B and UVA A to be the first two schools out is, you know, really not, you know, I think, particularly surprising. Um, Not to throw any shade at anyone, but UVAA obviously went seven and one and the round that they lost a ballot was plus 17 minus one. So it seems like in that round, at least one judge had it a, a comfortable win for them. Uh, good to see Juniata back at Orcs after their uh, I, I don't mean any, any disrespect when I say sort of a Cinderella bid last year, but I think it was a little bit of surprise for folks. So it's good to see them with that consistency. Uh, Dickinson is a program that I think has been growing and has been sort of stabilizing and doing better. They, uh, you know we hit them from time to time in our area and i think that they're starting to get stronger and figure everything out so it's good to see them getting through uh, and then obviously our good friends up the road at, at college park to see them back at orcs is is awesome so i uh you know i think this is another regional without a ton of shocking results we didn't have any you know this is one of the only ones we were seeing with a five win team get out which we're not seeing a ton of uh but other than that, I, nothing else really stood out to me. I don't know anything if I missed anything that that you, you saw, Drew. Uh,
1: I think that you mostly covered it. I mean, wasn't everyone shocked to see UVA take the first two spots? Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously they're UVA. I think that uh, that was definitely to be expected. Uh, to your point about Juniata, yeah, I mean, this is. I think this is a really important showing for Juniata because it shows. So last year was their first year ever existing, and to make it. Uh, for a second year in a row, you know, I think that they are probably one of the very few <laughs> programs out there that can say that they have always made it through regionals. Um, they have never failed to send a team through, and their B team had uh five wins and obviously a, a lower CS at eleven and a half. We'll, we'll see. I, I am suspicious, as you said earlier, that 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 may not be enough to make it through to Orcs. But to have a such a new program, and again, I love to mention this from such a small school. Um, that is making it through with not just one but possibly two teams um, is really really impressive and really really does deserve a shout out. Um, I, I definitely think the fact that Rochester did not make it um, is a bit surprising. And there, Rochester they uh, failed to make it at four and four. And I I want to say that last year at regionals they went like four and a half or so and ended up getting um, one of the final Orcs bids. I, I could be wrong. Maybe they had five wins, but I remember that they, they did not get through. They got an open bid and then they made it all the way to nationals. And it seems like this year um, they didn't quite squeak it out um, and we're not able to make it through to Orcs. And I, there's, there's just no way that a four and four team is going to make it um, through this year. I, you know, it's unfortunate for Rochester, but there does not seem like they will be at Orcs this year. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think you mostly covered it, Ben. I will say that Penn State, C, the the team that did take a bid, uh, take a ballot off of UVA, seemed that like they had a pretty uh, a rougher schedule. Um, considering they did take a ballot off of UVA, if we assume that that was on merit, then they clearly had a pretty uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, they dropped two mildly close ballots. Um, to to Juniata, following that, um. So, I, I, I mean, I don't think that anything was terribly surprising. It's good to see Maryland um, making it back. Uh, they seem like they had a strong performance, but other than that, I think they mostly covered it. Then,
0: yeah, I think that I think that's about it. And I I echo what you are saying about Rochester, great program, and it just, you know, I'll make a quick point here, and then we'll move on to our last one, which is one of the things that concerns me about the eight regionals with the six bids and everything like that is that regionals can start to become sort of orcs light, um, as opposed to like I think they've sort of been orcs extremely light uh, in recent years Mm -hmm. so you had rochester at three and three and uh rochester a and college park b at i think four and two i want to say going into round four um so both of them needing ballots to get through and they split and how many times do we see that at orcs where two teams like desperately desperately need ballots to get through and because of that, with the way that that high-low flip works, you end up in the middle of that bracket, and you got these two really, really good programs in Rochester and College Park, you know, going after each other in round four, and it's College Park that gets the edge and gets the bid, and that and that B team from College Park ended up being the team that actually got the bid, as opposed to their A team, which was just behind them on CS. So, it, you know, and and actually the other note I'll say too is is Juniata, you know, like for them, everything you said about them, and then obviously. You know, Maryland College Park, they, they've struggled a little bit lately, but they're still the winningest program in the history of this, uh, you know, activity with five-time national champions. And so for Juniata A to take two off of College Park A, I think no matter, you know, how recently any of those results have been is still surprising uh, and and an impressive showing for Juniata. but. I mean, it's, we're such good friends with the folks at, at Maryland. And so I'm really, really, really happy to see, even with what looks like two very tough schedules, that they'll be at Orcs this year because we hit them at Gampty and they clearly deserve it. Uh, so, so kudos to them on that as well.
1: Alrighty, well, moving on to our final regional. Uh, again, as Ben said earlier, we do not yet have the results from San Diego and Seattle yet, uh, so we'll be dealing with those at a later date. Um, but to close it off, we'll be talking about Wheaton. Uh, the Wheaton Regional had six bids, uh, starting with a shocker uh, Chicago B with eight wins, then Chicago C with seven wins, then McAllister B with six and a half wins. Then Loyola Chicago A with six wins and a CS of eighteen and a half, followed by Iowa C with six wins and a CS of eighteen, and finally McAllister A with five wins and a CS of nineteen. Um, first things first, Chicago made it through with their B and C team. Uh, Shocking, no one. Chicago just a really deep, really strong program. Uh, I think that it. That definitely was not a surprise to anyone there. Um, I think McAllister getting two teams through, I'm going to keep doing it. Another small school sending two teams through, really, really worth noting. Good for them. Uh, that's a really, really awesome result for McAllister. I don't feel like they have have made it to orcs in the past couple of years. I could be wrong about that. Maybe they have, but um, regardless, really, really strong showing for them to get those two teams through. Um, the last thing I'll, I'll quickly mention is Loyola Chicago um, getting through means that this activates the World Cup bid. Um, and for those that don't understand what that means, essentially, they automatically, because they are the hosts of nationals, will be going to nationals. They can write their name um, right now on that earned bid list. They they will be there. Um, what this means is that at orcs, at uh, – let me tell you which orcs – at – the Cedar Rapids orcs, if they do not receive one of these six bids, two nationals, from Cedar Rapids, then it will create a couple of open bids, and Loyola Chicago will immediately get to go, and it will create, I believe, three open bids to go with them to create kind of a, a final. Uh, a, a even number of teams for the bracketing, uh, so this is really important for teams that are you know do that do well at orcs that maybe barely don't make it out um, that would be at the top of that open bid list. If Loyola Chicago does not make it through, it may mean that you get to punch your ticket to nationals as well. Um, so hopefully, uh, Loyola Chicago uh, will do as well as they can. But um, if they don't make it through, it will definitely ease the pressure on some teams that are narrowly missing out on nationals this year.
0: Yeah. So I think the, the world cup, bit is super interesting, uh, sort of wrinkle and everything. Two notable results that I do want to mention here were the two honorable mention teams, which were Wheaton a and Indiana a both surprising to see. Those are very, very good programs. And so to see them not get through, I think, you know, is, is a bit surprising. We hit Indiana recently at, at Q8 and they were excellent. Um, and i don't th- i don't think it was their true a team but it was it was a good team that we hit and you know for both them and Wheaton not to get through i don't know with the world cup bid whether or not it will be uh one open bid or three open bids obviously three would make sense in terms of even divisions but i don't know like I just, I have never asked anyone and don't know off the top of my head if uh, Loyola is prepared to expand to 52 teams as opposed to 50, where in theory, I guess we could have a 26 and a 24 team division, um, which might be slightly unfair. I don't know statistically if that makes a huge difference in terms of whether or not you get through uh, to that that top bid in, in each round. But yeah, it's it's. I'm a huge fan of the World Cup bid. I think it's a really, really great thing that they do. If you go through the effort to host nationals, you should be rewarded for that. Uh, And obviously the past couple of years with Elizabeth and Hamline, we haven't had it come into play since it was passed. So it will be very interesting to see. uh, Obviously if they just get their own bid to nationals, then we won't ever have to deal with it this year. But uh, this year we could very well, given that they're a team that frequently gets to Orcs, but I think hasn't gotten to nationals uh, recently. I think there's at least a decent chance uh, that it could come into play. And I'll be interested to see. How it plays into things. But other than that, I think you saw some good programs. I, I agree with you about McAllister. Iowa C shows the strength of their program. You know, sort of a historically strong program in Amta. And and I think nothing too shocking beyond that. Or I guess the last thing I'll say, uh Chicago C we actually hit them. They jumped into the great Chicago Firefield uh due to I think a last minute cancellation. And uh, we actually hit them in round three and they're very good. Uh, They were not the caliber of a regular C team. So it does not surprise me whatsoever to see them being the second team out because they're, I thought they were excellent in the round that we played them against. So, so uh, props to them for doing what they do.
1: Yeah. I'll echo that, Ben. I think that seeing Indiana and Wheaton not make it through is definitely uh, a tad bit on the more surprising side. They're both two pretty strong programs. Um, I feel like, Wheaton is going to be right on that interesting spot where there are five wins. Uh, I don't believe they have more than two teams. So they're, they're a team that had 18.5 uh, CS. That's going to probably be the highest team on their the open bid list for them and will be the only team um, looking for a bid for them. So whether or not five wins in a CS of 18.5 is going to be good enough to earn an open bid, it's going to be really interesting and really close. Indiana at five wins with a CS of 16.5, I don't know. I think it's going to be, oh, I, I we'll see. I, I think that 16 may be a little bit too low though this year. I just think it's going to be really tough to get those open bids. I don't think they're going to be that many of them. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. I, so I'm looking at the open bid list right now and it's with all the regionals except for two this weekend. And I think about 60% of the regionals left still to happen. Cause I think we only had three the first weekend. Uh, and there are four, like right now, uh, Wheaton with five wins in a CS of 18 and a half is eighth on the open bid list. And that's with about 60% of regionals still to come in. So I, I think, you know, interestingly enough, there's no five and a half teams. It's just six or five. Uh, it's it's going to be dicey. Right now, it says open bids to be offered eight at the top. So I guess right now they would be right on the, on the edge. And I'm guessing it's going to continue that way. I mean, you've got some powerhouse programs that have gotten through, you know, I think like Arizona state has gotten through, you know, an E team. So there's going to be, there's going to be more bids created. Uh, and I think we'll still see a healthy number. So I think Wheaton will get there, uh, and Indiana's one spot below them. But, you know, if you're someone like Texas a and M five with a 13 and a half, I'd be sweating a little bit. Cause it's, you know, five wins this year. It is, it is far from certain that's going to be good enough.
1: Yeah. And, and again, I mean, uh, We're going to wrap this episode up in a second, but I I really think that I personally would rather us see a bunch of those teams get to go to Orcs, get that experience, have fun, do that, rather than just have to sit at home. And I mean, like, I know people hated the whole uh, five bids from Orcs thing. I I get it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that that was a great system. Um, I think that there are other possible fixes we could have. But at the end of the day, like I just think it's better when we have more people able to compete, more people able to do this activity. And I think that this year there are going to be a lot of teams that people feel deserve, have worked hard, are talented, and should be at orcs that are not going to be there this year. And I think that that is a bigger problem than uh, you know people feeling like orcs is, is too rough. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it, though.
0: Yeah. Well, I am glad that we got to go through the first couple weeks. We plan on doing another one of these episodes after uh, all the regionals have been completed. Uh, And in the meantime, Drew, I mean, we're recording this on Sunday night. Hopefully I'll get it out in the next like 24 hours and in four and a half days, I presume you guys will, and we will as well make our trek to DC for that uh, quest to orcs. I'm looking forward to American university hosting what I'm sure will be an excellent regional and, you know, I, I, it's, it's always funny. Like I was saying this to a a fellow coach recently, you know, we, uh, got our first bid five years ago. This, this will be our, if we get through this year, it'd be our sixth year in a row. And I will never, no matter, I know like we had a good year last year, but I will never take regionals for granted. And I will never not be, just mm-hmm. excited as possible when we get that bid out of regionals or bids out of regionals because like, I'll never forget, you know, that, that I think I've told the story on here before, but when we got our first bid, it was, uh, we were at, at the Baltimore regional used to be hosted by college park. And between the time that round one started and round two ended about 10 inches of snow fell and we couldn't get our kids out of the city. And so my brother and I lived in the city at the time and we put 16 kids in our two bedroom apartment that night because we just we couldn't get out of the city. And then wow. the next day, a team came back, went four and zero, and got our first bid. And like that, no matter how well we do in the future, I will always have so much love and affection for that first bid and the emotion of, of getting that for the first time. So regionals is an exciting. I know it can be tough when some people's season ends or when you're hanging right on the open bid balance. But regionals is an exciting time of year, and it's always great to get here in the season.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, the first time that that I ever got a, a clean bid through, uh we we gotten off the open bid this before, but when we came in first to regionals, um my junior year, it was at the DC regional. And I will never forget that feeling of just like, wow, like we did it, we showed people, like we're we're legit. And it, it is a feeling like none other. And it's funny because uh, you know. I do not consider myself to be a superstitious person, but there's something like you, you get that weird energy of just like that's the place where we got it done last time. Like let's do it again now. Um, so I'm excited to be going back to DC. Uh, it's a beautiful city. It's a great site hosted by American, um, and I'm looking forward to it. So I, I'm I'll see you then, Ben. We will get to catch up in person, and I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully we just won't have to see each other in rounds anymore. I, I would rather uh, if we could avoid. UMBC, would be a very, very happy uh, alumni observer.
0: <laughs> is what I'm gonna go with. Either way, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, and between now and then, we'll sign off, and we're looking forward to being back in everybody's feeds in a little while. Once the first, the last couple weeks of regionals have been uh, uh, finished up. So for those of you who are still uh, waiting to compete, good luck to everyone. We look forward to breaking down your results very soon. And in the meantime, and until next time, this has been the mock review with Ben. Andrew.